0: And uh, Lord, we thank you for that because, Lord, we need new mercies every morning. Uh, We need to be reminded of your grace every morning, of your new mercy every morning, of your love and compassion for us that is new every morning. And so we uh, thank you for uh, this series. We thank you, Lord, for what you are teaching us in terms of um, not only our mouths, what comes out of our mouths, but what... Um, the words that we're using, how those words, Lord, implant on the heart and the um, the consequences of those, whether they are good or bad. And so we thank you for that. We just uh, ask you to bless this time as we open our hearts and minds to um, discover what you have for us this week. And we just ask your blessing. And uh, we just thank you that you love us so much. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. So we, um, so last week we talked about uh, Matthew 27, sorry, Matthew 22, 36 through 39 which Jesus laid out the two greatest commandments for us. And we talked about how in order for us to be able to understand how to love ourselves, in order for us to be able to understand how to love one another, we have to have that modeled. Because as we've talked about several times in this class, it's hard to demonstrate something to ourselves or demonstrate something to somebody else that we have not experienced ourselves And so God in this um, passage makes it very um, makes it very clear from his command that behind the command he is really um, wanting to be able to put us in a position that he, has the ability to model to us so that we can model to ourselves and to model to others, uh, what he wants us to plant and what he wants us to, um, not only ingrain in ourselves and others. So when we talk about, um, so this week we want to talk about some practical ways. We tried to start that last week and, Holy Spirit diverted us, which is perfectly fine, uh, but we want to talk about some pr- practical ways to plant positive, encouraging, and uplifting words um, in our hearts to renew our minds. These words help us to believe the things that God said, has said about us and uh, helps us to know how to plant seeds in the hearts of others to uplift and encourage them. So one of the things that, um, if we're going to talk about that, we're going to talk about obviously negative words and um, that those destructive items, and so we're not going to go into that too far because Ron and Jean did a awesome uh, teaching series on um, negative words, is that
1: That's not what it was called. Something like that, yeah. Um,
0: So uh, you can go to beyondthewedding.net. And um, what category did you put that under? Remember? Go to beyondthewedding.net and uh, look for unhealthy thinking, is what it was. Uh, And they do a masterful job of really talking about that and its effects. But the issue is that we live in a society today that we are being greatly affected by uh, negativism. Is that a
1: word? Negativism.
0: Thank you. Yeah, what she said. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes, thank you to clear that up. Um, So when we see uh, social media, when we see TV, um, we look around, there's a lot of negativity, and what happens when you begin to have so much negativity in society is that people begin to, those things are implanted in their hearts, and they begin to think negative, negatively. They begin to, and when you begin to think negatively, and we've talked about it in this class, what's the outcome of thinking negatively? Negatively. Um, negatively and then exactly, right, and so we now set up this atmosphere of negativity that we have in our society that we have against each other, right, and when that happens, we've talked about also the um, idea of the brain and brain patterns and what happens when your brain gets into a particular pattern right? It actually causes neural pathways in your brain, it actually changes the structure of your brain. And so now your brain, it's much easier for you for your brain to think negatively than it is positively. Right, And what I've noticed especially around uh, around work and just speaking to people it seems to roll off their tongue very easily Without even thinking about it, and the issue that happens with that is that again this begins to happen in our relationships. so it was interesting I had um, I had a conversation with uh, two men over the weekend um, that I know that are either in my class or or I'm doing some mentoring with and it was interesting to hear. What was coming off of their tongues about their relationships with their wives, and how things aren't going well, and so there was a lot of negativity right happening and what I noticed was that it was just it was just normal right and what's interesting about negativity, and when we have done uh when we have counseled with married married couples and you get with the married couples and you hear a lot of negativity, and then you ask them, okay, well, give us something positive about that spouse. Right? You see like a blank stare go and it's like... It's hard for them to really now start to think about those positive aspects of their spouse. But there must have been some because you married them. Right? But at that point, there's been so much negativity, right? That now, to now turn and now say something positive becomes very difficult. And again, this is this, this is this pattern that we get into as people in not only society, but in relationships that we get into these negative patterns, negative patterns, negative patterns. So what we wanna do, is we need to be able to break those negative patterns. Right? We need to be able to break it. First of all, we can't break negative patterns unless we realize that we are in negative patterns to begin with. And that takes work in terms of beginning to get in touch with, okay, what is it that I'm thinking? Right, what is it that I'm thinking about? What is actually going on in my own head?
1: (laughs) So, um, the Bible in James tells us in James 3 see how we put bits in the mouths of horses that they may obey us, and we control their whole bodies and observe ships. Though they are so great and are driven by fierce winds, yet they are directed with a very small rudder, wherever the captain pleases. Even so, the tongue is a little part of the body and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire, a world of evil. The tongue is among the parts of the body, defiling the whole body, and setting the course of nature on fire. And it by itself is set on fire by hell. That's pretty strong. The thing that's behind the tongue though is our thoughts. If we don't recognize how we're thinking, it becomes difficult for us to make a shift with our tongue or to at least silence our mouths. Even if we can't find something good to say, what is, how does the saying go? Say nothing, at all. But as Joe was talking about, we may have had a pattern um, of thinking negatively. It could be cultural, and I mean within your own family culture dynamic. It could be cultural in the greater sense, like you know your your ethnic identity. You know, it could be you know people could be from the city. You know, I remember when I've talked about this before when Jean and I started getting to know each other you know we could talk a whole bunch of smack because she's from New York I'm from Lagos and you know those cities people can talk a lot of smack but then Jean decided to change that she decided to stop but it's not 90% of our conversation back then it was 90% of our conversation So we can be in relationship with someone, and one person changes, and all of a sudden the dynamics of the relationship have now shifted. And it took me a long time before I actually asked Jean about it, but I noticed that whenever I would talk smack, she wouldn't give me smack back. And that gave the Holy Spirit time to convict me of my sin. She never came to me, you know, like, hi, Teddy, you know what? When we get together and we
2: talk, she didn't do
1: that. She just allowed the Holy Spirit to work on me while the Holy Spirit had been working on her. The human brain is dynamic. So it doesn't matter what you came from. It does matter. But for what we're talking about today, it does not matter, meaning it cannot define you, it cannot limit you, it cannot box you in, you are not fixed, you know, it's not set in stone, your brain is pliable, your heart is pliable if you'll allow it to be, your brain can create new neurons, it can develop new neurological connections and pathways, it can prune excess neurons, you know, if you don't use those neurons, guess what, they can be pruned back to where, even in a very tough situation, your first thought is no longer how you're going to tell that person off that just cut you off on the highway. But you may be irritated. I'm not saying you're not going to be, but you recognize the irritation, and the next thing you go is into intercession for that person, praying for them, or praying that the police show up to save their lives before they kill and take somebody else out, right? your brain chemistry can change. And it does in fact reorganize itself every single day. Dr. Caroline Leaf says, our brain is changing moment by moment as we are thinking. And by our thinking and choosing, we are redesigning the landscape of our brain. And with all of that, we need to fuel the brain. We need to fuel our minds with right thinking. We need to fuel our hearts and our minds with the right words. And I just wanna say this and then I'm gonna be quiet. I'll show you that little note I wrote you there. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter one, the latter part of verse 28 and then into 29. Yes, and he, meaning God, chose things which do not exist to bring to nothing things that do exist so that no flesh can boast in his presence. And in this context, he's talking about you. He's chosen the base things of the world to confound those who are wise. You and I are the base things People think about Christians and they're like, whatever, they, you know, they're dumb. They they need something to believe in. They need to hold on to something else. Okay, fine, if that's what you're thinking. But he's chosen that out of things that do not exist, right now your words do not exist because you're not saying anything back to me. But the same God who spoke and said, let there be light has given you the same power, to be able to speak right things, first by shifting your thinking to the right things, and then bringing them out. And when you bring them out, you can confound those things that do in fact exist. So if I have been awful in this relationship, but Joe decides he's not going to play that verbal banter or verbal fight that we have become accustomed to, and he starts telling me good things, what's gonna happen all of a sudden I'm gonna be challenged at some point eventually to begin to think and wonder he keeps saying these nice things these warm things these loving things these gracious things to me maybe my identity is not that other thing that does exist because his words are actually reshaping what I have believed about myself. And it's not up to him, it's up to me to receive what he's saying, but he does have a responsibility before God not to continue in that verbal, aggressive, negative pattern that maybe we've cultivated. And that's what happened with us. At one point, we had to stop. We had to stop how we thought about each other. We had to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I know, I've know. i known him all my life. Like, literally. So I could say, well, I've known you, and you've, you've been the same. You'll never change. You've always been like this. But I didn't create him. I don't have the power to say that. I really don't. God created him, and God has a hope and a future for him and an intent for his design to work out in his life. So I don't know what tomorrow holds. If I can hold on to that in grace and stop slamming him with my words, I can partner with what God wants to do in strategic word planting.
0: So three points that we want to bring out in this process of Renewing our minds from negative to positive thought patterns. First thing that we have to realize is that it's going to take time. Okay. It took you a while to get here. It's going to take you a while to change. So give yourself some grace. While you're in the process, give yourself some grace. The other thing is boldness is needed. True healing comes from taking back what the enemy has stolen from you. Okay, And so there needs to be some boldness, there needs to be some declaration. And declaration from the standpoint of how long do you wanna keep beating yourself up or do you want your thoughts to keep beating you up before you make the decision that you're tired of getting beat up? And that's going to take some boldness, right? That's going to take some boldness on your on your part because the enemy is going to use negative thoughts against you, right? That's always been his plan from the beginning. He, there's nothing un, there's nothing new under the sun that he comes up with, right? So we have to decide that we're going to stop partnering with what the enemy wants to do in our lives. The third thing is that we need to take responsibility for our choices. There's a teaching that the guys and I are going through right now, but one of the things that um, Ted Roberts said was most of the things that happen in life happen because of the consequences of our choices. Not from our circumstances. Most things happen as consequences of our choices. And so there's a part of us that are going to have to look and we're gonna have to take a hard look in the mirror and we're going to have to look and step up and take responsibility for our choices and learn how to make better choices. Make, make, Different choices, make good choices, make godly choices, right? So, so let's talk about how we do that, right? So we've had a lot of discussion over the past few weeks about these. So what about if we deal with some practical some practical applications in terms of how this happened? So um, There was a study done by um, the Navy SEALs in terms of, and if you know anything about the Navy SEALs, they are one of the most elite military forces that there are. And so one of the things that they wanted to study was because of the intense situations that Navy SEALs are under, what could they do, what things could they do to help these Navy SEALs when they come up against situations or circumstances that are extremely difficult, what could they do to help them overcome whatever the obstacles or the situations or the circumstances um, that they were going through? So after they did this testing, they came out, they figured two things that were the most important things that they could do to help these Navy SEALs perform under tremendous pressure. The first one was mental visualization. To get them to see what was what they were going through and to, to mentally visualize it before they got there. So if any of you guys have watched the Olympics, and I don't know if you've watched um, uh, the ski jumpers, many times what you'll see is a ski jumper before he's going, many of them will have their eyes closed and they'll be doing this. Right, What they're doing is they're actually visualizing them going down the slope, going through the slaloms, making the turns that they need to, to make before they make it. And what's an interesting thing about it is when you do mental visualization like that, the brain itself is actually going through that as if you were actually physically doing those movements.
1: So we're not talking about new age stuff here. Just because the new age has talked more about visualization doesn't mean that it originated with them. Okay, I believe it was the Lord who spoke to Amos that said, write the vision. Make it plain. So God has given us the opportunity to have a, um, a righteous and a holy imagination as well as giving us not just the ability in the physical to see, but also to see in our minds, mental pictures. He gives us dreams to be able to dream even when we're asleep, so we can also have visions. And we can also then choose deliberately to close our eyes and visualize and see ourselves being successful at something. It doesn't make us perfect, but it, as Joe has just said, literally our brain thinks we're doing it, even though our bodies may not be engaged in whatever that thing is. So let's take back what God meant for our good. Let's take it back from the camp of the enemy. This, this did not start with New Age, people. Reclaim what the Lord has provided you from his word.
0: So when we talk about mental visualization from God's standpoint, right, we want to mentally visualize our children prospering. We want to mentally visualize us, us doing those things, being those people that God has called us to be. And what does that look like? We want to be able to get into this process of being able to do that, right? One of the things that When my children were growing up that I did very intentionally was I spoke into my children's lives, things that I wanted them to carry in their heart, that they could be successful at whatever they wanted to do, that they were fearfully and wonderfully made, that they could do not just something for a job, but that they could do something that they loved and that God gave them everything that they needed to do those things. And so we're talking about strategic planting. That's one of the things that was very instrumental. Now, obviously they could go any way they wanted to go. But again, we talked about when we begin to plant seeds in people's lives and people take those seeds, right? It can change their lives. Gene's a teacher. How many stories have we heard from people that were extremely uh, successful? And so somebody sat down and said, well, why, why are you so successful? What happened? What, what were the things that drove you? Many times, that person would say, you know, it was Miss So-and-so in the eighth grade, right? She spoke into my life, she said, that I could be anything that I wanted to be. She said I had worth and value. She said that I could do what others said that I couldn't. And those people will tell you, you know what? Those words implanted in me drove me because every time that I got to a place that I thought I couldn't be successful, that I thought that I couldn't make it, that I thought that I wouldn't be able to overcome, her words always came back to me. And that's why really in this society, teachers should be held in an extreme Mm -hmm. high esteem. Mm -hmm. Because some of the most successful people in the world, many times they will come back and they will tell you, yeah, it might've been a mother or a father, but many times it was a teacher that inspired. It was a teacher that gave words to that student that showed them that they could, it gave them a vision. Talk about mental visualization, right? It gave them a vision of themselves greater than they could ever have, right? And in strategic planting, Mm -hmm. God has given us the same ability to be able to speak into others' lives the same way as those teachers speak into those children's lives.
1: The other aspect about Mental visualization is being bold enough in our picturing what we are trying to prepare ourselves for, what we're trying to shift, and allowing ourselves to experience the obstacle in the midst of our visualization. Because the question becomes, what if Joe calls me a name again? This is how I see our relationship, but what if Joe happens to call me a name again, or is derogatory, or he doesn't speak to me? How am I going to respond because I have now made a choice that I am going to shift my thinking and I want to sow strategically into not only just words, but my behavior, right? What am I going to do? Because if I don't think about that first, when the situation comes up, I'm taken off guard again, and then I go limbic, which is immediately reacting the way I've always reacted. I just am on automatic, because I have not recognized that those new neuronic pathways need time to develop. Yes. I just want to speak, this is a skill that
2: everyone Mm -hmm. has, because almost Every single person that I've ever talked to comes up with the negative possibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we first. first, the negative. Mm-hmm. So much. Mm-hmm. So much. Yep. We visualize mm-hmm. the negative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly.
1: That's where the always so, and never come from. If we
2: can visualize the negatives, mm-hmm. we can retrain ourselves to visualize the positive.
0: Right. Wow. Right. Because here, here
1: I was just gonna say it's the same with with um with math. Let's just go back to school for a minute. you know maybe somebody told a kid um that they weren't good in math. well, that's not necessarily true. Maybe they just don't have the skill they don't know the um They don't know, what's the word I'm looking for, Gene? They don't know the process. Maybe they forgot PEMDAS, okay? And they don't know what the procedure is. But it doesn't mean that they're dumb. But the first thing we go to is we go to repeating the lie that the enemy used somebody to speak to ourselves. Whereas? Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna add to that because a lot of, high school
2: kids mm-hmm. legitimately don't have the brain connections yet, yet. to actually Thank you. make those computations mm-hmm. the way that it's expected. Mm-hmm. And then they're told or they don't succeed by mm-hmm. the
3: school's standards and they've imprinted in their brain that I
2: can't do this. But that negates God's Transform- transformative pattern that at different seasons of our life we gain neural pathways exactly. to be able to do this. But we give up because I failed once mm-hmm. and I'm not going to fail again. I'm not going to have mud on my
1: face. Especially children or people who have had um, trauma in their lives. I'm just going to show this from here. This is the brain of a three-year-old child that has suffered extreme neglect. And now that child is taking geometry at 15. This is the brain of a child that experiences proper attachment. And that child is taking geometry. We have to recognize that we are spirit, soul, and body. There's all kinds of things going on. There's spiritual stuff that that needs to be dealt with, but there's also the physical stuff that needs to be dealt with, as well as the soul part, the soul wound that needs to be dealt with.
0: So part of what we need to do is we need to train, we need to retrain ourselves. You know, we hear about the glass half empty or the glass half full, right? Okay, that's not, and people say that as, well, that's who I am. No, that's not who you are, right? That is who you've convinced yourself that you are. Right. But you have the ability to see the glass half full. So we look at we look at just for example, we look at the world. Right. And we look at the world. We can say, wow, the world is messed up. We've got all this stuff that's happening. We've got political unrest. We've got, you know, we've got homelessness. Yes, that's true. But do you realize how much good is happening in the world at this particular moment? Mm. Lives are being sailed, saved, mm-hmm. people are being healed, mm-hmm. right? Relationships are being mended, right? But we don't go there. Why don't we go there? Because now we've taken in all this negativity, right? That's why the. I think the last time I watched a news program, I can't even remember. Because at some point, I was sitting down and I realized I am sitting here and my, my everything that I see is negative. Of course, I'm going to think negative. If everything that you see, everything that you hear, everybody that you talk to, oh, wow, everything's bad, everything's bad, what are you going to think? Everything is bad, right? And I'm not saying don't, that there are not bad things in the world, but what I'm saying is you set yourself up for a terrible imbalance when you don't realize that there is good going on in the world also.
1: And how do you give glory to God if everything is bad?
2: I've got to give an example because it just exemplifies what you're talking about. Corey Ten Boom was a Mm -hmm. Christian during World War II that helped to um, rescue a number of Jewish individuals. And she and her sister were put into a concentration camp. Mm -hmm. And Corey, quote unquote, being the big mouth that I am, was completely negative. You know, I, I can't believe we're living in this situation and the vermin and the this and, mm-hmm. you know, where we have to live. And, and her sister quieted her up and said, um, We have to praise God for these vermin. We have to praise God. And I was like, Are you kidding me? It's those vermin that are keeping the guards off of us. It's those vermin and, and our conditions that are allowing us to meet together mm-hmm. and pray together.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That if it
2: hadn't been for that, we would be in a different situation. Yeah. And it just, same situation, exactly. bumping in this, literally in the same bump. Mm-hmm. They're dealing with the same outside issues, but the mindset of the one is very different than the mindset of the other. Yeah. It's a choice.
0: It's a choice. Because think of it from this way. God has put us here to be salt and light in the world, right? That's what scripture says. If we cannot bring light into darkness, then we're not fulfilling our call. And we can't bring light into darkness if we're not allowing light in ourselves. And that light has to be the light of Christ, the light of the good news, the light of encouragement, the light of mercy, the light of grace, right? If we, if we can't do that in ourselves, we have failed. We are ineffective. So doing the work on ourselves to have positive self-talk, to have positive mental uh, visualization, to be able to take those words that we talk about in terms of knowing who we are and whose we are. If we don't do that work, right? Then we are limiting and we are not in line with what God is calling us to do. We can't, we can't help those people if we are not preparing ourselves to help them. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was positive self-talk, right? because we speak to ourselves at about 300 to 1,000 words a minute. So imagine what you're doing to your brains if 99% of that is negative, right? Because now my life sucks, right? My marriage is bad, my kids are bad, my job is bad, the world is bad, everything's bad, right? And I just continue to feed it, feed it, feed it, feed it. And then when the light of the word comes, when we start talking about a couple of weeks ago of who the Lord says you are, what do you think's going to happen? First thing's going to happen is all that negativity is just going to go, well, no way, it can't be true, uh, blah, 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 this reason, that reason, the other reason. Right? You
1: can't even hear it. It's on the, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's like the Charlie, the, uh, Brown.
0: Charlie Brown, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's yeah. exactly yeah, how it's sounds. hear oh. it. La, 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 like, they said la, something, la, la, la. but I don't know what they it said. Like so, so let me just clarify, <laughs> make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. You're saying that if my brain is all
3: this negative, mm-hmm. then when I hear, when I come to relational care class
2: and I hear you say something positive. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. what
0: you're saying is that's just going to bounce off. At first, it'll bounce I'm not, off.
3: I'm not going to be able to receive it because I got all this negative
0: right. stuff. Right. And probably what's going to happen when you hear that is you're going to say something like yourself, like, I don't believe that. They don't know me. They don't know me. They don't know what I've done. You know, that's I've heard that stuff before, oh, and none of that stuff really works. Be,
2: not, it's not necessarily gonna, I'm going to argue right.
0: with you. The, the negativity in your mind is going to squelch it, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to squelch it. So this is how you deal with it. Let's get to the practical. This is how you deal with it. You come against negativity with prophetic promises. You come against negativity with prophetic promises promises. And this is something that you have to do. This can't be pie in the sky. Well, that's a great idea. This is something that you have to work at. Deliberately. Deliberately. And this is your prophetic promises. God's scripture revealed by him given to you for growth in your situation and your circumstance. It's a rhema word. That's a scripture that you have read, and when you read that, that scripture jumped off the pages, and it was like God said, that's for you. For me, 2 Peter 1.3. And God was saying, Joe, I have given you everything you need for life and godliness. That word is for you. That was a rhema word for me. And what happens, and this is the practicality of it. When I get to situations and circumstances that I don't think that I can overcome, when I start hearing the negativity, you can't do this, why why do you think you have? You've never done it before, this is a really scary place. I have to take that word and I have to shove it down Satan's throat. That's where the boldness comes from. So now if you're not willing to do that, you will get run over like a 16 wheel truck every time because the negativity in your mind is just going to roll right over that and that's why it has to be consistent it has to be bold and it has to be daily See?
2: in the process of waiting for your rainbow mm-hmm. need. Google whatever the promises of God mm-hmm. exactly. and anytime there's a pronoun in there you replace it with your name mm-hmm. right. and, exactly.
1: and from what I understand there's actually someone in our class who um, who uh, God has given a lot of um, wonderful uh, promises I don't know exactly what they are but I'm really praying that that individual will write a book or a booklet so we'll have that available when that happens.
0: You mean a guy that did like a whole thing on Limbic life? Yeah, that, no.
1: that guy. Just saying.
0: So that's how you overcome, right?
1: Now, part of the reason why we're saying what we're saying, and I'm flipping through my book, I can't find it, is that it takes us, I believe, I could be wrong, and and whoever's listening to this or any one of you guys here um, can definitely research it, but it takes us several numbers of times of hearing something good before we receive it. So that's why we said the first time you're hearing, you know, God made you fearfully and wonderfully, it's like, whoa, whoa, wonderful, maybe, got through, Mm -hmm. and, you know, your spiritual ears perked up a little bit, and you kind of like, maybe I should go back to that class or go back to that church, and then you hear it more and more and more, and after a while, You go to somebody and you go, hey, Teddy, guess what I'm doing now? And Teddy's like,
2: I told you that 20 years ago.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You just not heard it when Gene said it. Okay, all right. Don't be offended because that's just what the, the attack, the battlefield is in the mind. And it's in our individual minds. And so it takes us hearing things over and over and over, and it coming from different sources and different people before it begins to break through. Like, could this be possible? Yes, um, Teddy. Um, I realized that that same thing was going on with myself mm-hmm.
0: when you talked about
3: the episode, like, and I realized that I was like this cup with just like sludge, just like clay sludge yeah. in there. So that like if the good stuff was sort of like water, there's just, you know what I mean, just the mm-hmm. And on top of that was like, I was like, I realized finally that invisible to me, was just layer after layer of different filters.
1: Yes. Like like
3: different size strainers. Mm-hmm. You know, different sizes, different shapes, and just that's why just it made it so hard almost like for like liquid and good stuff. Just mm-hmm. Food, mm-hmm. You know? And uh, it just was amazing that it really was like just and each of those came from some place. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean? some self talk that I believe mm-hmm. or things that have happened or whatever. Mm-hmm. And once I kind of became aware that that was there, you know, and partnering with God and going through cleansing stream, it was like, mm-hmm. oh. And they're still there. There's still a lot of there, but, you know, having that awareness of it just can be step one. Mm-hmm. Like, you just, I mean, to where you can't even understand. You can say something yep. to you 25 times, yep. and it's just like, just won't get past those filters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and yet, if you put yourself into a different point of view, you know, if you, if you were to see, say that to your friend or your, your family member, yeah. So it, it is amazing how those things just start getting thrown in there right in life, and, and would, you know, we, we put those blocks up, or we engage with them, or we accept them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Very any much so. of them, On any of those combinations. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, so just. No. I guess that awareness, though, that step one was like realizing that there actually were screens there. there. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, okay. More theory, like learning is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And
0: that was, I think, the beginning of, of allowing me. Mhm. Yep. It's good. It's really good. Okay, so let's uh, go ahead and wrap this up. So. Here's your practical applications for strategic word planting in your own heart. First of all, start encouraging yourself with God's word. Find scriptures that encourage you, uplift you, speak to who you are in God and who God is. Write them on three by five cards and carry them with you and memorize them first
1: two chapters believe, of Ephesians and Col- the book it, of Colossians believe are Believe or not,
0: it works. Uh-huh. It works. We have a brother that had a situation with unforgiveness. And so he went through and he found scriptures of unforgiveness that God talked about unforgiveness. When he found those and he found the ones, again, that rhema word, when he read it, God was like, that one's for you. This one's for you, this one's for you, and this one's for you. And he wrote that out on three by five cards. When his feet hit the floor in the morning, he's reading those cards. Before his feet get off that floor at night, he's reading those cards. One of the things that I do is I put them up on my wall. It's the first thing I see when I get out of bed, it's the last thing I see when I get into bed, right? You gotta do it. Because as much as we would love for God to, when you sleep, pull your brains out, rearrange them, and slap them back in your head before you wake up, not going to happen. And God can do anything. I'm not saying he couldn't do that, but I'm just saying that the chances of him doing that are slim and none. Right? And so this is is how this works. You know, it's kind of... I'm, I'm trying to pull back here. Yeah, pull I kind of get pull upset. Back. I kind of get upset, especially with as much work as Leona and I and Ron and Jean have done with couples and, and men. with men. And we keep going around and round the same thing. And this isn't working, and my marriage isn't working, and that mm-hmm. isn't working. Are you doing the work? Well, no. <laughs> then why are you talking to me? Leave me alone, is what I like to say. No, really, because it's like, you know what? It's like, and God and I have these situ- these 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 arguments. Of course, I always lose. But anyway, he's a good God. I can have a good argument with him, even though I'm going to lose before I started. It. It's like, okay, God, I don't know what else to do. Your word is the key to everything we need for life and godliness, to healing. And so we spend our time, we spend our energy, we spend our money, and people come and say, well, we're really looking for this. And we say, okay, do A, B, C, and D. Start there. And then we get a call a month later, "Oh, we still have another that you do the homework. Well, no. Why are you calling me? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love you, and I, I will walk from here around the world with you. But if you're not willing to do the work, don't call me.
1: Part of it is that. That's
0: for you guys on the podcast, too. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm okay now.
1: Well, part of it is that if we are investing more than you are willing to invest in the things we're sharing, then that means all we're doing is enabling you. And God will hold us accountable for enabling you. Yes, you've got the floor.
4: (laughs) I've been doing this for a while. What I know is a lot of times when we get these tools, we think, okay, I'm going to start practicing these tools and these things that I'm getting taught. And then when you do that, you're looking for the fruit. You're looking for okay if I do the A and B I'm going to get C and that doesn't always happen and so what happens we get discouraged and then we get we refeed our negative thoughts which takes us back to our old patterns and and that's a cycle I've been in for years but you have to start to think how long have I been thinking negatively it's taken years and circumstances for me to get this negative thought pattern. And now I want to read a verse that sounds great. And I want it to pop off, and I want it to change my life. And I think for a split second, it can. But then I go back to my negative thinking because an hour later, circumstances happen. So what I've learned is with these prophetic promises, if I don't start looking at these every day, if I don't start looking at these when I don't feel right or when my wife and I get into a problem or an argument or something doesn't go my way, I have to fight against those feelings, read those verses, and tell myself, hey, this is the truth, but it doesn't feel like it, but it's the truth. And that battle is the constant battle that we go through because we've been thinking negatively for so many years. So it's going to take that constant battle of fighting against the grain to read those verses so that we can retrain our minds to accept them. And that's what's going to start transforming the way we think. At least that's how it's been for me. And it's not going to be an easy battle. That's what spiritual battle is all about.
1: Did did you pay him to come to class today?
0: (laughs) No, but I know who did. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we're going to finish up. We got to finish here at, uh, at one. So here's the other things. I already talked about scripture on your walls, in your bedrooms, last thing you see at night, first thing you see in the morning. Watch what you're thinking about yourself. Be very aware of negative or discouraging thoughts. Be ready with your encouraging and uplifting scriptures. Watch what you are thinking about others. Find scriptures to help you not be judgmental of others, but to see them as God has asked you to see them. Be careful with who and what you surround yourself with. We cannot control every situation or circumstance or relationship. Be aware of things and people that, have, that create a negative atmosphere. Ask God to show you not only how to survive, but to be an overcomer in these situations and circumstances. You notice I did not say run from them. Okay, because in the midst of the battle is where God will want to train you up to be able to deal with that. God didn't make his people that, okay, well, here's a battle we're going to retreat. Right? Right? I don't know how long everybody's been in church, but you remember that old hymn, Onward, Christian, Christian Sol- soldiers.
1: Uh, soldiers? Marching right? as to war right? the cross of Jesus. Exactly.
0: Before. And so we don't leave those situations, but we say, okay, God, how can I be effective in this situation? Show me what I need to do. And many times we get the strength because we are in the battle. We're in the situation. We're in the circumstance. That's how God can show us how to work in it. If we remove ourselves from it, right, then we take away that situation that God can help us with.
1: Sometimes he will sequester you for a season. He will separate you from those relationships for a season. Okay, But it's not about completely um, annulling the relationship or dissolving the relationship, at least as far as your part is concerned but you will need to learn how to establish your own safe boundaries within the context of maintaining exactly. the
0: relationship. And um because every situation is different, so we're not we're not advocating that um you do the same thing in every relationship. But what we're saying is be sensitive enough, know enough about who God is, know enough about his word Know enough about what he's saying to you to be able to deal with each situation and circumstance based on how he wants you to deal with it at the time, because every situation and circumstance is different. All right, we're going to close, and then they're going to open the room. So, Father, we just thank you for this time. Uh, we just thank you for your spirit. We thank you for what what you're doing. We thank you for being a relational God, and we thank you for creating us in love for love. Father, show us how to continue to to love you, continue to look, Father, at the positive, the positive of you, the positive of your son coming to earth and dying for us on the cross, the positive, Lord, that you are creator of all, and you say all things will work together for good for those who love you and call according to your purpose. So we thank you and we ask that you would bless everyone here until we meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.